Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. Watch him work it for your good. He's not done with what he started. He's not done until it's good. Let him turn it in your favor. Watch him work it for your good. He's not done with what he started. He's not done until it's good. Hello, peace. Hello, joy. Hello, love. Hello, strength. Hello, it's a new rising. Hello, peace. Hello, joy. Hello, love. Hello, strength. Hello, hope. It's a new rising. If you're ready for a breakthrough, just open up and just read. What he's pouring out is nothing you've ever seen, you've ever seen. Hello, peace, hello, joy, hello, love, hello, strength, hello, hope, it's a new Heartbreak's not my home, you are Jesus. 
tell you if you came and maybe there's some people here this morning you're ready to say goodbye to some fear in your life maybe there's something going on inside of you an internal conflict that you have struggled with all week and it's time for a breakthrough in your life God has something great for you Caleb was a fifth grader uh, son of a missionary they had come back in the states and Caleb was praying because Caleb had a relationship with Jesus and went to his parents and said, hey, you know what? I really feel God has told me I need to go to public school right now for the season in our life. And they said, well, why do you feel that way? And he goes, I want to be around people who don't know Jesus. Well, that's an awesome kid. So you know what? They did that. And uh, first day of school, middle school, Caleb shows up. He gets beat up and his wallet stolen. And he comes back home and tells his dad, I don't think I heard right from God. But a great teaching moment from his dad. His dad looked at him and said, son, just because God invites you into something doesn't mean it's easy. I want to tell you this morning, you might be here, you might be struggling today. It may not be easy, but I want to tell you, God has an amazing plan for your life today. And we're going to step into it together. Amen? Amen. 
awesome. I am so glad that you're here. If you're a guest with us, welcome to Hillside Assembly. My name is Eric. I am the lead pastor here, and we are thrilled that you're with us today. Before you leave our worship experience today, if you'd stop off at one of our round tables out there, we've got a couple free gifts we would love to put all of our leaders and connect a little bit differently here. Give of your tithes and offerings at the end of service, and you can give in our giving box in our foyer. Uh, of course, you can always give online at hillsideassembly.org. And if you want to find out more about our church, that's a great resource as well. We've got some free tools and gifts for you on our website as well. I don't want to take a lot of time uh, filling you up with announcements. You've got a bulletin. I hope you got a bulletin. If you didn't get one, you can get one. So I've just got one real announcement for you and then a mission, uh, missions update. Uh, we know that the Rip and Fire Fire Department is important to our community, right? They're a great partner. And so once a year, they do a chicken barbecue here in town, uh, and it's going to be at the fire station on March 5th. Tickets are $11 for adults, uh, and children under 10 eat free. That's, you can't beat that deal, let me tell you. Uh, so it's a great opportunity. Tickets are available today. Ron is in our foyer. He is one of our firefighters here in town. He would love to sell you a ticket. So if you'd like to partner up with a great ministry partner in town, our fire department, great way to do that. Tickets will be available the next several weeks, but you can take an opportunity to do that. Well, this morning, we want to bring you an update from the mission field because one of our own is currently on the field uh, serving in a short-term trip for a few months in Japan. And so we've got an update from Nick today and uh, to, to walk us through that. Adrian, would you share with us what Nick has? And then you can turn it back over to Robbie for worship. Yeah. So this is uh, Nick Tun's January update from Japan. Greetings from Japan. It has been a long January, yet at the same time, it's gone by very quickly. I started off the month enjoying Japan's New Year's celebrations. New Year's Day is the biggest, most important holiday of the year in Japan. I had a traditional Japanese New Year's meal, all seafood, mostly raw, and spent some time in the place pictured on the screen. It's a beautiful part of Tokyo, but very busy. As we walked down to the train station, we passed by a local Shinto shrine in the same neighborhood as our church. People were lined up for blocks to enter the shrine, as it is customary on New Year's Day to receive a blessing from the gods. In Japan, there are pagan temples on every corner, and more people flock to them than to any church in the country. I wonder if Japanese Christians feel like the early first century church did. Please pray for all those people. They ask the gods for blessings when the true blessing is getting to know the real God. Pictured here is a nearby Shinto shrine to the church that I, Nick, goes to. Once the holidays were over, the Joy Club classes began again. Do you recall the Bibles we gave the children for Christmas? Some of them are reading them on their own at home. I often worry about how much these children comprehend the concepts we bring forward regarding God and the incarnation that is Jesus. That week, I was blessed to find out that some children really understand what we're saying. One young girl, about age eight, started reading John, and during Bible time, she interrupted and asked if we could pray for her sick pet. Two twin boys also interrupted a class that week and ask for prayer for their sick grandpa. These are children from non-Christian homes, living in a non-Christian culture. How many eight-year-olds act this way in America? 
I should mention that this month I started teaching all by myself without any assistance from other teachers. It has been challenging, but the children and adults are wonderful to work with. There have also been, as usual, many Chi Alpha events. Pictured uh, up on your screen is a recent movie night at the Student Center. There were almost 20 people who came, and I've enjoyed talking to the students. One student is studying for his PhD in nuclear engineering, and he's also pretty funny, a pretty funny guy. Many students in Chi Alpha are from Taiwan and attend one of Tokyo's universities. Our work was sadly put on hold for a week when both I is life when working with kids. However, we're healthy and back to work. I even attended a soccer meet last night. And there'll be a picture for that. Daisuke and his wife, who make up a Chinese Christian band, have a sports ministry where they play soccer and invite many non-Christians as well as fellow church members. As friendships burgeon on the soccer field, Daisuke hopes they will grow and add to the church. I played soccer for two hours, and let me just say, the Japanese know how to play ball. February is going to be busy, but there are many exciting things to be planned. God is doing so much here, more than I alone can keep up with. Thank you so much for supporting me and helping me along the way. I can't wait to tell you what happens next. Until next time, matane niktan. Robbie? If you want to stand to your feet, we're going to continue on with worship. The chorus of this song that we're going to sing, This Is a Move, basically says this. We are here for you. Come and do what you do. Why did you come to church today? We came for God. Because we want God to move in our hearts. So let him move in your hearts today as we sing this. Mountains are still being moved. Mountains are still being moved. Strongholds are still being loosed. God, we believe. Yes, we can see it. That wonders are still what you do. We are here for you. Come and do what you do. We are here for you. Come and do what you do. Set our hearts on you. Come and do what you do. Cause we
again worthy is the lamb worthy is the lamb who was slain holy holy is he sing a new song to him who sits Adore you. Clothed in rainbows of 
living color Flashes of lightning, rolls of thunder Blessing and honor, strength and glory Continue to worship on your own. Lift up your praise to the Lord. Lord, we lift our voices to you. We sing and honor you today, Jesus. You are worthy. You are worthy. Hallelujah. the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. With all creation I sing praise to the King of kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you. your spirit is in this place today. Lord, we welcome you here to do what only you can do. Lord, as we transition to children's ministry and to the preaching of your word, Lord, we ask for your anointing to be present. Lord, we pray over Miss Jackie and her children's crew that you would fill them with your power and that, Lord, you would move powerfully in our young children, that they would know you, that you would speak to them, that you would do more through them than we could ever possibly imagine. 
Lord, I know the concepts that you're wanting to lay out today and today's service are bigger and I have the ability to speak. And I pray you would use this empty vessel. You would fill me with your power today to preach not on my own, but with power and authority that comes with your word and with the Holy Spirit. God, we're not here to put on a show. We're here to see our lives change in the presence of an almighty king. God, we pray you would have your will today in this place. We want to meet with you. And we want to see our lives changed and transformed so that we might be about the work you're calling us to do in our community, in our business, in our families, our neighborhoods. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor. And God's people said, amen, amen. You can be seated today. Kids, we are ready to dismiss you downstairs. Miss Jackie is going to have a great time with you. She's standing right there in our foyer, I think. Yes, she is. I had to put my glasses back on to see. Um, but we're going to have a great time. And I love what the kids are doing right now. They're working on some worship. They're learning how to play some instruments. Uh, and they're going to be coming and doing a special with us here in, in, a, in a little while. Do we have a date for that yet? We don't. It's somewhere coming in the future, something to look forward to. Uh, so you might hear them. Uh, and some of all those instruments going on in service, but that's okay, right? Because we make a joyful noise to the Lord. Um, so excited for today and what God wants to do in your life. We're in the book of Acts, and we'll get there eventually. Just to let you know, I'm, I'm about to break a whole lot of hermeneutic laws. And if you don't know what hermeneutics is, that is the art form of preaching. And so there's a certain way you're supposed to do things. So if you're a missionary or pastor visiting or you're watching online, yeah, I'm about to go way off, way off book. Um, but let me just fill you in on what we're going to do. I'm going to share with you and just speak with you for, for a few moments. And then I think I'm going to share a testimony with you. We've got some special music uh, from a couple of our worship team members that are going to come and set the tone for us to have an altar call. And we'll discuss what that is, and, and don't be afraid of that or weirded out by it. It's an opportunity for you to have an encounter with God today. And then when we're done with that, I'm going to ask you to go sit back down, and then I'm going to read the scripture to you. Uh, it's going to be the last thing. Usually that's the first thing you do. We're going to do it last. And the reason we're going to do that is because the scripture lays out for us what we're supposed to do with what God speaks into your life today. Uh, and then I'll really quickly share just a few things uh, about opportunities for you to apply as a church what God is talking to us about today. Does that sound good? All right, so we got a game plan. Let's step into it today. The book of Acts has a lot of different themes, and as, as a church, we tend to focus on the power, which is important because it's the empowerment of the church to do ministry. But there's also another theme that underlines the entire book of Acts. It's one word, and it's identity. Identity. And it's identity in a few different ways. One of the things we see in the book of Acts is a transformation on how the church views the identity of God. See, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, but how we view him, how we perceive him should change as our relationship gets deeper with him. And what we see is the church is going through this transition because there's this new element in Acts, this, this dynamic, real, authentic souls. Their identity are in Christ. And as that grows and changes, so does their view of relationships and interacting with their community and culture. 
That's really what happens throughout the book of Acts. Let's look at that a little bit deeper and we talk about identity. Because if you have the wrong perception of God's identity in your life, you're going to have the wrong identity of yourself. Because they're tied together. They're deeply tied together. You and I are designed, we are manufactured by God's hand with a void inside of us. Right? Like, think some of you, some of you grew up on the farm. You know the, the ball hitch for the trailer? That's designed to do one thing. The ball goes into the hitch. It's got to be perfect size, the right size, because if it's not, it doesn't work, it doesn't function. And when it's the right ball and the right hitch, it syncs up perfectly. Or think of it as a Lego brick, right? The backside of a Lego brick has a void in it. Why? Because it's meant to connect with another brick. You and I are designed to connect with God. We have this void inside of us, and the only thing that fits it perfectly is an authentic, real, growing relationship with Jesus. That's the only thing. And we know that the Bible says that God is love. It defines that, that God is love. And so at the core of that, we're meant to we're meant to experience a love from God unlike any other love that should change and transform our identity. My goal for you as we continue through the book of Acts, and it will take us a long time to get through it. As we go through it each and every week, I believe what the Holy Spirit is going to do, what Jesus is going to do in your life, is like an onion, peel things back away and to show you who he is in your life, how much he loves you. So your relationship with Jesus is going to change because our perception of who Jesus is is going to change. And through that process, I believe you're going to transform and you're going to find out who you are in Christ in a deeper way. And I want to tell you, I'm so proud of our church. In a few weeks, we're going to talk about where we've been the last seven years, but I've watched so many of you grow in Christ and step out and experience new things. I'm so proud of you, but we're not done. God's not done. And for some of you here, you might be satisfied with where your relationship is with Jesus. You might be satisfied, but I want to tell you, Jesus isn't satisfied. He wants to take you deeper with him. He wants to continue to change your relationship. Some of you might be familiar with uh, the TV show that used to be on. Uh, I think it was called 12 Kids and Counting about the Duggars. Do you guys, anybody ever seen that? They had like 12 kids. Now it's like 22 kids and counting. I mean, they, they've had a lot of kids. Um, one of the daughters from that show has recently written a book about her relationship with Jesus. And she talks about the church that she grew up in and the family dynamics and what she was taught about God she had to unlearn these things because some of these things were holding her back from the truth found in the word of God of who Jesus is. And for some of us, God's going to need to unmake us a little bit, to have us unlearn some things that we've learned over the years that we think we apply to the identity of Christ that really aren't what the Bible wants us to take away and to learn who Christ is. So we're on this journey together. Amen? 
Oh, well, that's good. That's good. And if you don't know, if you're like new to church, you're like, why do people say amen? It just means so be it. So, so like we're in this together. It's encouraging. It lets me know you guys are still with me and that you know, I haven't lost you all yet. So that's good. That's a good thing. What we really are facing, the number one issue in churches right now, the number one issue across our country as a nation, the number one issue in our culture, the number one issue in humanity is identity. And what we're experiencing is an identity crisis. Right now, our nation, identity crisis. Right now, our culture, identity crisis. Think about it. People talk about it. What do they say? I identify as whatever. And some of you might be really upset about those things. We're going to tackle this today. Because what happens is, is when you have that void inside of you and Christ is not there, you realize that something is wrong. Our culture, our nation, all these people realize something's wrong. They're trying to figure out where they fit. What am I here for? They're trying to find their identity. And when we don't have Christ at the center, We'll try to fill it with all these other things. The word says that God is love. And if you don't experience the genuine love of God and Christ in your life, you will look for love in all the wrong places. And so people will go, I've got to make changes in my life and transformations. And some of them are incredibly radical, what we're doing. Why? Because, because we're trying to find identity. But the identity people need is Christ. We need Christ at the center of our life. And if our culture needs Christ, and that's us, who he is and who we are, because we are the bearers of that message that Jesus is love. Jesus is the way you can find identity in Christ. You can find fulfillment in Christ. The thing that's hurting you, the thing that, that you're lacking, the thing that you're looking for really is Jesus. We've got to step into the identity crisis, church. But it's hard. It's difficult. One of the areas of identity that we're going, to, we're, going to, we're going to look at today. We're just going to look at one, and we'll continue to look at, at some in the future. But let's talk about the battle that each one of us in this room is dealing with. And it's the battle between love and fear. Everyone in this room battles with this in some form or fashion on a daily basis. And I would say most of the time it happens, you're, un even, you're unaware that you're even having this battle. The number one motivation for the church ought to be love. Authentic, real God love. Not like, I think I like you, love. All right? Not the flirty kind of love. And not, and not the sexual kind of love. Not, look, none of those loves are bad. But the true love of Christ is amazing. 
It's this incredible love that we have a hard time wrapping our minds around. It's a love that says, you don't have to do anything. And I, I will love you so much. We don't earn it. There's nothing we can do to earn God's love. There's nothing we can do to so that God loves us more. He loves us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting love. For God loved us so much that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And no greater love has a man than this, that he would lay down his life for a friend. That's love at an amazing level. Let's talk about the battle for a moment, just take this, take, take this love versus fear. And let's talk about how the church has a problem when we try to engage with our culture and our communities, our neighborhoods, workplaces, and campuses, where that love versus fear comes to reality. If I were to ask you this morning, how many of you want to see people get saved? I bet everybody would raise their hand. I bet if we sat here and we talked about, we want to see a move of God like we sang about this morning. We want to see a move of God. Let's, let's be honest. We want to see that, right? Yeah. We want to see that. We want to see God do great things. We talk about revival sometimes and seeing revival. And if you're a historian of revival, I got to tell you what revival really is. Because a lot of times the church gets hyped up on, on these aspects of revival. At the end of the day, revive, great revivals are marked by salvations. People coming to Christ. And we say we want that. And I believe that. And I say it too. But one of the things the Lord has done for me is he's opened my eyes to sometimes we say things that are good, but the condition of our heart doesn't match up with the actual words we say. And church, the number one struggle that the church has, not just Hillside, but the church as a whole has with us reaching our community and doing what Christ has called us to do, is that we're having this battle between love and fear. I believe we all want to see it, but how God wants us to get there is the problem. Because here's what we would love to do. We want to be able to pray and have God do a move in our community and go, the problem is, is we can pray in that way, to go love first, and God will then move. But it's hard sometimes to love because of fear. You can't love what you fear, church. You can't love what you fear. And fear will set up root in your life and it will start to destroy you. Because fear leads to hatred. Fear leads to bigotry. Fear leads to this place that we don't want to go. It actually pulls us away from Christ. But we say, we say, you know, we think about this for a moment. All the people in our community, where does Jesus want them this morning? Where does Jesus want the broken person that's in our community today? Where does he want them? I hope you know the answer to this. He wants him here. Where does he want the person struggling with alcohol? 
who finds his relief, the only way he's getting through life, by taking another, another swig from a bottle. Where does he want that gentleman to be? Here. Where does God want the person, the single mom, who's struggling to keep it all together? Here. In a church family, being loved. So far, everybody's okay. But where does God want the person in a homosexual relationship? or struggling with their sexual identity, where does he want them? Here. But sometimes there's a struggle inside of us. And I, I know, I already know what the devil is, is trying to whisper in somebody's ear. Pastor, we can't love people like that. We can't just embrace them, have them come in. We can't have, we can't do that because that validates their sin in their life. Well, friends, the question I have for you, did it validate the sin in your life when Jesus loved you first? Because let me tell you, I have had struggles, and I still do. I am still a sinner in need of salvation each and every day. The fact that Jesus loves me does not validate my sin. The fact that Jesus loves me gives me an opportunity to have Jesus deal with my sin. The church's job is not to go out and convict the world. That job title is already taken. Holy Spirit has, has signed up for that job. It's his. You can't take it. But when we step into the world and in the culture and we don't, we don't, we're not motivated out of love, we're motivated out of fear, do you know the only thing that we can do is condemn people? We can't bring conviction. And we're not meant to. We're meant to love. Look how Jesus did ministry. He shows up at the woman of the well. Talk about somebody in an identity crisis. Has no idea who she is. She's jumping from one relationship to the next because she's missing something inside of her. And Jesus showed her love first. And through love brought about conviction, which brought about an authentic relationship with Christ and in one day, a lady goes from not knowing who she is to the greatest evangelist in the New Testament and wins her entire city to Christ because of love. That's the power of a church motivated by love. We're always at battle with love and, and, and fear. It's like a box. Every decision that we make in our life has this, imagine a cube and if we kill, fill the cube with, with liquid, right, and, and, and it's, it's the liquids can't And what, what the Holy Spirit wants in this decision, are you acting this way? Are you responding this way? Is that response because of fear, or is that response out of the love I have for you? Now, for some of you go, well, man, this, this sounds crazy. How, does, how do I know this is true? Because for the last year and a half, I have been living this. And I have seen it work. I have seen it transform my marriage. My wife and I have never talked about this, but we have talked about how our marriage has changed the last year and a half. It's because I went to war against fear. Because I realized that inside of me was a person who was fearful, that I'm not enough, that I will fail that I can't be the husband that Pam deserves. And I started beating back fear 
because I started to engage and feed love in my life. I started to focus, what does Jesus say about me? What does Jesus say about my marriage? What does he say about my wife? Do I believe in those things? It's changing me as a pastor, and I'm just being transparent, as transparent as I can be, and hopefully you can apply these lessons to your lives. Much of my ministry career up to two years ago was based on fear. I loved Jesus. Don't get me wrong. I loved him. But my number one thing when the Holy Spirit would speak to me or when something would show up in Scripture and speak to me and I would think about, and we're going to apply that in church, it would be, well, what will, people, what will the people in the pew think of me? And I still wrestle that sometimes. But I'm winning more that I'm losing now. Because I've got to care more about his love than I do about fear. And what I found is, is a lot of the times, anytime that it had to do with fear, I was making a decision of fear, it was always the devil whispering in my ear telling me, you are not. You are not. You can't. That can't happen. And I wonder how many things for you, church, is the devil whispering in your ear and telling you, you can't. That's not the way it can be. It can never be that way. It can never get healed. It can never be this. It can never be that. And that's the devil trying to fill our box with fear. In the meantime, Jesus is trying to go, I'm all about love. I'm all about love. Why can't you see who I am and who you are in me? Because Jesus didn't come to condemn us. He came to give us life. That's a God who loves us. That's a God who loves you. In a few moments, we're going to have an altar call, an opportunity for you to respond and just talk with God. And already there are people that have decided, I won't go to the altar. Why? You're afraid of what someone thinks. If I go to the altar, someone will think I'm messed up. I just want to save you a moment. You are. And so am I. I am the chief of mess-ups in this place. But I care more about hearing from my Savior than I do about what someone here thinks about me. Because he loves me. And I want to spend time with him. I want to share a testimony with you and then we'll have an altar call. Uh, there's a missionary, Jamie Winship. Winship. I'm calling him a missionary. He is a missionary in in a way unlike any other. God called him to step into situations far bigger than he was, far bigger than his family. He was actually asked to take a job with the CIA and counter uh, terrorism. Uh, This is the time where the war was about to break out in the Middle East. And he met with the CAA. They talked about what they wanted to do and what he was talking about. And his number one thing that he talks about is identity. And they said, we want to, we want to implement this program. Would you come in and work for us? And he said, I believe, and he said, oh, I believe that I'm called to do what you, you're, you're talking about. But I can't work for the CIA for this to work. I'll go and do it. I don't want a paycheck from you guys, but I'll go and do it. I'll work with, alongside you guys. And I'll work with these nations. But I'm, I'm going as my own entity. And he, he's been doing, he did that for several years uh, in Saudi Arabia, uh, in Jordan, 
his idea of countering terror, terrorism was if people can find their identity, especially if they find their identity in Jesus, they won't want to be terrorists. That's really what it boils down to. Now, he's, he has a whole, a whole big thing that he shares with countries and people, and there's a whole process. But during the war, he found himself and his family in Saudi Arabia. Now, listen, there are, there are bombs going off, and there are crazy people on the streets, and there's all this nutty stuff going on. They're not living on a military base. They're living in the culture. And some people were not very happy to have Americans living in their neighborhood. But he knew that God had called them to this. And they step into this. And his, his faith is absolutely incredible. If we ever have an opportunity to have him here, I'll have him here, him and his wife, because they are incredible people of faith. And they step into this, and they go, and they're, they're being led by the Lord to do this. And ministry is going well. Things are happening. But one of the things that, that happened is they, they had their kids enrolled in an international school. It was 30 minutes from their house. Every day they would load up their boys in a taxi. They would drive 30 minutes through all this mess and all this chaos and all this craziness stuff happening on the street. You never know what was going to happen. At this point, they were concerned about Americans uh, being captured uh, for, for uh, being held hostage in and, and, and about 30 minutes, and there was a home, and those parents would have to. And this began to wear on Jamie. There were some situations that were happening in the community at that time. And what happened was his fear began to fill his heart. He still loved Jesus. He still wanted to be a part of what God was doing. But fear began to fill him. And what his wife began to see is he was beginning to pull away from some of his team, especially the team that were nationals to that area. His wife talked to him about it. And he knew it was happening, and he got up on the roof one night, and their, their houses are different than ours. A lot of the uh, houses in Saudi Arabia, you can go up on the roof. It's considered a part of the house, and you can have furniture up there and everything, and he's on top of his house, and he talks about having this moment of confession with the Lord. And can I tell you, we, we talk about confession, and we, we have such a negative view of it. We feel like well, if we confess that we're, we're wrong, and we're, we're, we're wrong, and then we have this whole thing about we don't want to be wrong, and so we don't confess to the Lord. And he talks about this in such a powerful way. I found it very liberating in myself. He talks about confession being where we just sit with God and we tell him where we're at. This is what I'm thinking. This is my mindset. This is just the reality of where I am, God. And repentance, what repentance really is, is allowing God to speak to us his truth and us stepping into it and holding on to it. That's repentance. Confession is saying, this is where I'm at. Repentance is God telling us the truth and us saying, I'm going to walk in that. I'm going to live in that. So he's at the top of the roof. He begins to pray and he begins to just share with God. And he just breaks down in tears and he's just weeping and he's going, God, I just don't think you're big enough. I just don't know if you will protect my kids on that road trip every single day. I'm trying so hard to serve you. I've given up everything that I knew to be here, but I'm struggling in my heart because I'm afraid to lose my kids. I'm afraid that you won't move. I'm afraid. 
And after several minutes of praying on this roof and crying out to God, he raised his head. And he looked, and in the, in the distance standing on the roof, he could make out a soldier. And he said, it was very clear. It looked like an American soldier, but the American base is miles away. They wouldn't be here. He would know because of his job. He would know that they were here. What is this, this soldier doing? And he's got his back to him, but he's looking in one direction. He's just puzzled, and he just keeps looking until he looks to his left, and down the street is another soldier looking in a different direction. And there were four soldiers on the top of these buildings surrounding his home. And it's then he realized that these weren't soldiers, but God had sent angels, and they had been there the entire time. And he began to weep and go, God, your truth is greater. Your love is greater than my fear. I can't protect my kids, but you can. I can't keep them safe, but you can. And you've got a plan for their lives that I can't fulfill, but you can. And he said that was a moment of transformation for him. And he viewed confession and repentance differently the rest of his life. Robbie, Lisa, Katie, if you'd come. I can't possibly look into everybody's life here and be able to go, this is where you're wrestling with fear in your life. But there is no question in my mind, I know that every person in this place wrestles with it. We wrestle with fear. Maybe it's, maybe it's fear against a people group or things that are going on in our, our culture and, and we're afraid. We're afraid of sin. Not our sin, but other people's sin. You know how crazy that is? We serve Jesus who broke sin over his knee on the cross. He walks into a room. Fear doesn't freak Jesus out. He is not afraid of it. He's conquered it. So maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe that's where you wrestle with being able to be a witness in the community is because you're afraid of people's sin. Church doesn't need to be afraid of sin as long as we've got an authentic, real relationship to Jesus. Maybe it's in relationships. Maybe it's something going on at work. You're so afraid of losing your job. You're so afraid of paying these bills. You're so afraid of the diagnosis or it might you this diagnosis you might get. It may be not even a real diagnosis. You're waiting on on the report to come back and you're afraid. If you're functioning today and you know that there's some place in your life where fear is winning out and love is being pushed out, Jesus wants to meet with you. I'm going to ask these guys to play a song. I'm just asking you to sit for a moment. Just sit, close your eyes, and just begin to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Just quiet yourself for a moment as these guys lead us in this song. Robbie, would you lead us? Isn't it just like heaven when you're walking in the room? There's not a thing that's hidden when every eye is on you. Can't get enough of your presence. It's the perfect point of view. Isn't it just like, just like 
just like a little closer I go come a little closer stay a little longer I can't get enough of you doesn't it sound like heaven when you're singing over me there's not a voice more constant your melodies they never cease here i will stand in your presence in my true identity it doesn't it sound like yeah it sounds like just like heaven Come a little closer, stay a little longer, oh, I can't get enough of you, oh, come a little closer, stay a little longer, oh, I can't get enough of you. can't get enough of you holy you are holy you're such a perfect father i worship you forever holy you are holy treasure for us to be together holy you are holy you're such a perfect father i worship you forever holy you are holy i'll lay down any treasure for us to be together oh, come a little closer stay a little longer oh, I can't get enough of you oh, come a little closer stay a little longer get enough of you I had Robbie and Lisa Katie play that because I want that to be our heart this morning God would you come closer would you stay a little longer with me this morning I want our mindset to be that we have a good, amazing Father. We have an amazing Savior, a loving Holy Spirit, and He wants to fill our life with love. If you keep your eyes closed for just a moment, let's peel away some of those onion peels for this morning. If you could just, is there an area of my life, if I'm just being honest, where fear has been pushing out love. It's just 
Maybe it's a disconnect with you and, and the Savior himself, just this fear, this uncertainty. Would you come and just confess with the Lord and allow him to speak into your life? Not my words, his words. We're going to give an altar call in just a second. I don't want you looking around, who's going, who's watching me. I'm going to tell you, I'll be at this altar. Because there are still areas in my life I'm fighting off fear, and I need love to rule and reign. I need to be filled up with love. I'm just going to ask you to come. I'm going to count to three. On the count of three, if you want to experience a breakthrough in your life, you want to beat back some fear this morning, you want to walk out of here victorious, filled up with love, I want you just to come to this altar. Nobody's going to do anything weird. No one's going to give you a wet willy at the altar. Somebody might pray for you here. They might put a hand on your shoulder and just pray with you as they're praying for themselves. That might happen. That's going to be the extent of it, and God's going to move. Here we go. Three, two, one. If you need to come and experience that love in your life, would you come to the altar this morning? You can stand, you can kneel, whatever you're comfortable with. You just want God to fill you up with love this morning. come and just in your own way, just begin to talk with the Lord. You're not, you're not asking for things right here. You're confessing. You're just saying, Lord, this is the reality of where I am. The reality of my situation, the reality of my mind, the reality of the condition of my heart, the reality of my attitude. Just begin to tell him where you're at. some people here this morning, you got situations in your life, they're spinning, it feels like they're just spinning out of control. You're trying so hard to move through it, to, to control things, to get things back in your, your grip. Confess it to the Lord. You need Him to take control. You need Him to bring you peace. somebody here with a broken relationship. It's not, I don't think it's marriage, but it's just, maybe it's family or friend. There's this broken relationship. It's damaged. Maybe you don't even want it fixed, really, if you were honest deep down. God, this morning, saying, you got to let it go. Let me fill you up with love. See that person in a different way. You can't control how they're going to act, how they're going to respond but you can control who you are and you can be who I'm calling you to be.
There's somebody here this morning that somebody wounded your heart. Something they did or said, it has left a wound in your life. Maybe you've even come to the altar before to deal with it, but it eats you up inside. And Jesus is saying it's time to let that go. And it's time to be filled with his love. at this altar, you've, you've shared your heart with Christ. You, you said this is the reality of where you're at, but now let God begin to speak to you. It's not a fairy tale. God made you. He designed you. You are not a failure. The road of life may be broken, but you are the son or daughter of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He loves you and adores you. He wants to transform your life and fill you with hope and the fruit of the Spirit, love and peace and self-control. It's not going to be perfect. It's going to take time. But he's going to transform you from the inside out. He's going to transform your marriage. Just continue to keep confessing. Continue to keep talking to him about where you're at, where your marriage is at, where your relationships are at. The Holy Spirit is going to fill you with power to be his witnesses at your workplace and campus and neighborhood. And the people that, that sometimes you fear are going to be the very people that God is going to pour out his love into your life and you're going to love them and see them differently than you've ever seen them before. Gideon was one of the greatest cowards in the Bible, yet the Lord saw his identity as a mighty warrior. How you see yourself is not the way that Jesus sees you. He sees a woman of strength. He sees a man of character. He sees you. He knows you. Lord, we are your people. We're here this morning to meet with you. King of kings, Lord of lords, Jesus, Savior, the word is true. We're not here to be entertained or, or check things off of a list saying, well, I went to church this week, so I'm good. We meet together as a body because we believe that you as our king, you want to speak to us, encourage us, change and transform us. God, give us a revelation of your love in our life this week for each and every person that's here, that your love would show up in ways that surprise us, that, 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 that beat back the conceptions in our mind of the box we put you in. Bust through the box, God. Show us your love for us. Help us to understand greater your love for us so that 
we might be the people you're calling us to be. Our identity would be found in your love. And that would change the way that we see the world. It would change the way that we see ministry. It would change the way we see our neighbor, our coworker. Lord, our culture is in an identity crisis, and they need a Savior. And Lord, you are calling the church to go. We are your witnesses. Before you leave the altar this morning, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to pick you out. But if you're here this morning and you you need a relationship with Jesus. Like maybe you've gone to church, maybe you visited churches, maybe you go usually just go on Easter and Christmas, whatever the case might be. Maybe you believe in a God, but you don't you don't have a relationship with Jesus. And you want one this morning. We want to pray for you to begin to have a vibrant, real, authentic, growing relationship with Christ. We confess that we're sinners, which means we're not perfect, that we can't fix our life and that we need a Savior to come in and do that. We, take, we, we, we believe and we grab a hold of faith that Jesus came, that he died, and that he rose again. Let's pray that together this morning. Jesus, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I'm far from perfect. But I choose to believe that you love me and that you want a relationship with me. Come into my life. Change me. Transform me. I believe that Jesus, you are the Savior. That you came, that you died, and you rose again. just for me. Help me to follow you. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask you to do something. This is, again, this is a very different kind of service. I want you to just to sit back in the seats for just a moment, because now I just really quickly want to give you some action steps. I, want, I don't want us to leave here as a church today and go, how do we begin to implement this? And I'm going to focus really quickly on, on just us as a church. How can we begin to we'll speak to you about something in and out? A lot of people only come to church on Easter. Um, that's really a shame because church is a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun here. Not, and, and if you're a guest this morning, not every service is like this. Um, some, some, some Sundays, it's crazy, the things that we pull out. Uh, a couple weeks ago or months ago, we, we had giant Fruit Loops and bags of Fruit Loops we were illustrating. There was Fruit Loops everywhere. And, and we just, we do youth group for adults, really. Um, we just love the Lord and we love each other and want to build real relationship with Him and real relationship with you. And so I hope that you will continue to come and be a part of our church family here because we'd love to get to know you and walk with you. Can I just say this? There is nothing that you or your family are going through that we will not walk with you in. There is no shame in this place because this is my father's house. There is no shame. 
And when we are weak, we will help each other walk forward. We will pray with you and walk with you and help you in whatever ways we can. So Easter's around the corner, and here's, here's the goal I feel that God's placed on my heart for this Easter season. And I know it seems far away, but it'll be here in an instant. The goal is to encourage the found and impact the lost. What do I mean by that? People that have a relationship with Jesus already, we want to encourage you this Easter season. We want to see you grow. But at the same time, we know that there are people in our community, their identity is missing because they don't have Jesus in their life. So we want to do some things to try to help bridge the gap. So Palm Sunday, which is the Sunday before Easter on April 2nd, we're going to go do an assisted living hymn sing. Now maybe you're like, oh, this isn't my thing. I encourage you make it your thing one afternoon to serve the Lord. You're like, I don't know any of the hymns. That's okay. Your pastor doesn't know a lot of them either. It's fine. We're going to print them out. We're going to go. These are songs that a lot of these people in these assisted living facilities are tied to memories where God met them. For some of these people, they live in these places and nobody, nobody shows up. Nobody loves them. Let's go love as a church on an afternoon to come back and just say, it's not about us. It's not about what I want or what I... It's just about loving on some people who have lived lives, who have had amazing victories, who were you and I at some point, and now they're in a home unable to do that. Can we just go show love to our community? We're going to choose two or three locations to go max that day because we can't do it all. And we're just going to step in and sing some songs and just talk with people and love on people. We might get an opportunity to pray with some people, but let's do that the Sunday before Easter. And then Easter weekend on Friday night, um, we've done Good Friday services before. This Good Friday service will be different. Because I want to take a night and just have some worship and some prayer, and I might share it a little bit that night. Uh, Adrian's going to lead us in worship that night, and we're just going to spend some time in God's presence. And we'll reflect some on, on you know, the Good Friday themes probably, but really we want to pray for this whole thing that we're walking through in Acts, to know God and to make Him known and to spend some time with each other. So that's what we'd like to do on Friday evening. That'll be at 7 p.m. And then Saturday, we're going to love on our community. We're going to love on the kids in our community. We're bringing back something that we did before, but in a different way. Um, so those of you who've been with us for a while or have been in the community, you probably have seen us do egg hunts in the past. And we used to, I mean, man, we were, they were elaborate in the past. We're simplifying this for a couple of reasons. Um, we want to make the event all outdoors on Saturday in our children's ministry. Then a couple songs. We're going to do some real way basket thing uh, from local businesses and things so that we can get people's registration information just so that we can reach back out to them and follow up. And then we're going to give away over 8,000 eggs filled with candy. Three different age groups. It's going to be a lot of work getting there. But we're going to do it that morning and invite people to come back the next morning for church. And then Sunday, Easter morning, we are going to have an awesome worship experience. Uh, the Chamber of Commerce is going to come beside us for our egg hunt and promote that. So how cool is that? Our community is saying, we're behind you. 
uh, and we would love to see that event for families, so we're excited about that. Uh, and to get all these eggs filled, uh, that just doesn't happen. Uh, so we were, we're going to purchase the candy, uh, and then for three Wednesdays, March 22nd, 29th, and the 5th, and we'll have times as we get closer to it, we're going to take those nights and do out these assembly lines. If you've been with us in the past, you know we can do it. Uh, we'll probably have some of our ministry partners are talking about coming and maybe helping tonight. So that would be really cool. It's a, it, if you've not been to one of these, they're some of the funnest things we do. Because we sit at a table and while we're working, we're sharing life. And we're laughing and all sorts of craziness ensues. And it smells like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory downstairs. Um, so uh, we might even let you have a little candy. Um, and so I think it's a great opportunity. Seven days where we have an opportunity to love on people. Would you come love on people with me? Because I can't do it on my own. And I know God has such a heart for our community. And he is changing us in incredible ways. It's just awesome. I'm having the time of my life as a pastor, I got to tell you. My greatest joy is watching your life change. And he's doing it, isn't he? Isn't he? Can we just give God a hand this morning? He is so awesome. One other way that you could help us out by loving on our, on our community is today. Uh, we're about to dismiss service. On the 14th, uh, there's an event that's taking place in our community. Every year, Webster's does grants, and uh, they have a dinner to give out those grants, a luncheon. And uh, it's been at Royal Ridges in our community. But as some of you know, Royal Ridges just got sold. Uh, and so it's becoming a church, which is awesome. Uh, but we have currently lost our ability to be able to have a meeting place like that in our community. There are plans in place. I can't share them yet, but I do know about them. And it's coming. It's very exciting, uh, some of the things that are going to be happening. But Webster's reached out to us and said, hey, we're looking for a place to host this. Would Hillside host us? And I said, absolutely. So on February 14th, we're hosting this luncheon here. But for that to happen, we're going to have between 114 and 125 people come and eat lunch here. That's a lot of space. <laughs> uh, so they're coming downstairs. So we need to do a couple things. We need to move a bunch of stuff that's downstairs that we've used for outdoor services to our shed that's now complete and ready. It's been a long time coming, but the shed is ready. Um, and so we need to move some stuff out to the shed. And then we need to set up tables and chairs, and we need to do it very orderly. And so uh, Jeff, one of our sound guys in the back, uh, he's raising his hand right there. Uh, he and Anthony, who's also in our sound booth, they are the guys that are going to help direct what's going out to the shed. And I think Anthony's going to be in the shed out there telling you where to put stuff. Jeff's going to be saying, this is what's going out. Uh, so we could use that help. And then uh, Jackie and my wife are going to help kind of direct with tables and those kind of things uh, downstairs. If you'd be willing to help us do that. It would be huge, so huge. Um, so that way people can start decorating. We can start getting things lined up for that, for that luncheon on the 14th. That would be fantastic. We're going places, church. Uh, I, have, I, do, I do have a board meeting with our board, and so we're going to step into that while you guys do this. I'm, I'm, I believe in you, <laughs> all right? I'm a community together, amen? Ready to dismiss. Uh, Lord, we pray over for an impact in our mission field. God, we want to make a difference and an impact. We want to make a difference and impact in our mission field. And you've blessed us so much with partnerships like Nick and so many of our other missionaries that are around the globe. 
uh, and serving in various capacities. Lord, we want to be good stewards with our missions giving. And Lord, for our tithe and offering, we give to you because your word tells us to tithe. And Lord, as we are faithful in tithing, Lord, that you would take the resources that come into this church and we would do more for the kingdom than we ever thought possible. And Lord, I pray a blessing over those who give and tithe today that, God, you would bless their homes, you would bless their finances, you would bless their resource. And whatever they need to accomplish the things that you have for them in life, it would be made available to them. Lord, we pray over our community. They need Jesus. They need a Savior. They need you. And your word tells us that you've sent us. We're, we're on the front lines. We're not always going to be perfect. We're going to fall down, and you know that already. But God, if we're going to fall, let's fall down moving forward. Let's love on our community. Let's love on the kids in our community. Let's, let's love on the elderly in our community. Let's love on our neighbors and our coworkers. Help us to begin to see them through the love of Christ. Our lives have been richly blessed because of our relationship with you. Help us to be a blessing in Ripon, to serve and to serve well, to love and to love well, to throw off offense and to take up grace, to move in your ways. And God, most of all, we pray this, that our relationship with you would continue to grow that our perception of your identity would continue to change so that we may know you better and more and deeper and that, God, you would change our identity. In a couple years from now, we may not even recognize the person standing in the mirror because your transformation changes us. Your grace, your love, your power, your word, the Holy Spirit changes us bit by bit. May we become who you are calling us to be because I know we'll like that person. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor. And God's people said, amen. Thank you for being willing to help us. If you could go downstairs, find those guys. They will give direction. We'll transition, probably five minutes to transition. Uh, but they would, we'd love and appreciate your help. Board five minutes, we'll start our board meeting.